Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest movies and television shows in the entertainment industry each week. I am your host, Justin Strawn, and joining me each week is the other host of the Main Attraction Podcast, the man you all want to give a big, giant force hug to, Ryan Nelson. Justin, I'm going to, I'm here to protect and save your city, so I'm going to unleash a giant monster <laughs> to destroy, to destroy most the, of the buildings. That's right. It, the city will say, but there won't be anything left. Uh, if you have been listening to our podcast since we started a few weeks ago, we're glad to have you back. If this is your first time listening, we hope you enjoy the show and continue to do so as we have a lot to talk about with the season finale of The Book of Boba Fett and the penultimate episode of Peacemaker. If you do enjoy the show and you want to help support the show and get exclusive content, head over to our Patreon and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Just go to patreon.com, the Main Attraction Podcast, and you can support us at a $3 level, which will allow you to vote once a month on the content that we will be covering on the show. The $5 level, where you get an exclusive podcast. This We just got done recording one discussing our top five favorite cartoons when we were kids. That was a fun discussion. Uh, number the ten dollar level, which is the level that gets you not all both of those previous benefits, but it also gets you access to exclusive chat, and the twenty dollar level, which will allow you to pick two things a year and actually come on the show with us and discuss it if you would like. Uh, no new patrons this week, but if you decide to start supporting the show before our next episode, we'll shout you out on the show like we did our first two last week. Uh, if you like the show but can't be a patron, head over to Apple and Spotify and leave us a five-star rating. It goes a long way in helping the show get out to new people. And if you have time, write us a review of the show on Apple Podcasts. And if you do, we'll read it on our next show. We read our first one last week. So, all right, we are getting into it, and we have a lot to talk about. So we're going to start with Boba Fett because that is probably the one that's going to require the most talking. So, all right. Do we want to start with negatives, positives? I think, kind of think we want to start with things we liked. Okay, I think that's a good plan because we, we could get really negative with this one, and I, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I know. Uh, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to happen, unfortunately. I mean, oh yeah. I guess let's just do big picture first. What Big picture of this episode and the series in general. What about, what are what your big picture thoughts? Um, are we going to get a season two of this? Well... They said season finale when you pull it up on Disney Plus. Okay. So that normally, I mean, that they have been pretty specific because, like, WandaVision, it said series finale when it came out. If you go on Disney Plus and you look at that one, it says series finale. It doesn't say season finale. Uh, everything else that is getting a second season has said season finale. So I think that we are, but I'm, I'll be interested to see how they, they play it out because I don't know what direction they're going to go in. I don't know that they know what direction they're going to go in. 
Yeah, I would agree on that. I'm not sure they. I, I just wonder when they decided to switch everything up to the Mandalorian yeah. and, and Grogu, and then when they tried to bring them all back together. I, I just I want to I, I want to hear from John Favreau. Just what w- what was the plan here? Because it's just so confusing. Yeah, I mean they have. I have read a few things where they have actually said that this was also supposed to serve as like a Mandalorian season 2.5. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know why you do that in, in another show. And yeah. uh, it's been the question we've been asking this entire time. And that brings up another point. So say you were watching this and you got after, after the, uh, the slow race of three, mm-hmm. you were fed up and right. you're like, I'm out. I'll, I'll, I'll wait till Mandalorian season three. You'd have to watch five, six, and seven. You do, and I think my understanding is a lot of people that a lot of people did tap out after a couple of after two or three episodes. But a lot of people then once they started hearing that Mando was in episode five, and then he was also in ep- or he was in episode six, and Grogu was in episode six. People started checking back into it, uh, and maybe like I said, there's a part of me that wonders if when they were writing this, they knew that it wasn't. It's one of those. Look, I, I've done a lot of writing in, in my lifetime, and there are times when I know I'm, when I'm writing, I'm like, "This is not as good as some of the things I've written out there." And I can't help but wonder when they were when Favreau and Filoni were writing those first few episodes, they realized, you know, this just isn't as good. So we got to do something later on in the in this series in the season of Book of Boba Fett to bring people back in. And I can't help but wonder if they thought, all right, let's, let's let's see if we can get Pedro Pascal to do the voice again. Let's see if we can bring them back in because that's about the only way. That, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Now, they will never, ever admit to that, obviously. But there's a part of me that thinks they knew when they were writing it, it wasn't as good as what they had written for The Mandalorian. Well, you know, if we're going to talk about overall big picture and positives, they did wrap the Bubba Fett story. Oh, up. yeah. The, uh, matter of fact, I would say in terms of wrapping things up with, of all the stuff that Disney Plus has done, with like if you look at what the Marvel stuff has done, I think they did a, a, as good a job, if not better, mm-hmm. than any of the Marvel shows did in terms of wrapping things up. Yeah, and then we, you know, they they had callbacks to the Tuscan episodes when you know when he when he uses the the training that they gave him to right. to, to be uh, Cad Bane. So yeah, I mean they did do a good job of wrapping it up. It's just weird that um, that it. It was it was seven episodes and, right. and and he wasn't in two of them right you know someone I was reading something uh, a little while ago uh, about this may have been better as a movie it it probably could have been I mean at one time when Disney first acquired the rights and they were doing the original plan that they had planned that they had laid out when they acquired the rights from George Lucas was to do a Star Wars or a main uh, a main storyline Star Wars film. And the next, in a year later, they would do the uh, I don't know what they called them, the Rogue One series and all that stuff. I don't remember what they had. they had an actual name for those. Uh, I don't remember what the, the name of it is at this time. But Rogue One was supposed to be one of them. Solo was supposed to be one. Of them. They originally had planned to do a Boba Fett movie. That was the original plan. Was we're going to do a Boba Fett movie, but for some reason it got scrapped. And oh, I know why. Why's that? Solo's box office. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I read about this earlier. So, and I don't blame Solo. The pro- Last Jedi 
made every so many fans mad that so right. they didn't go see Solo. Because I know people like, like my friend Brian Haydad. He saw Last Jedi and he swore he will never right. watch anything Star Wars again. He's not watched The Mandalorian. That's uh, he's got to watch that. He's uh, he has to. Watch he's stubborn. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, he's that. But there's a lot of people like him, and that that hurts Solo. And so then they start. They put a pause on everything. Yeah, I had forgotten about that because yeah, that that kind of messed up a lot of their plans when that just wasn't as well received. I mean, in part, I think just a lot of it. Mandalorian kind of saved a lot of what people thought about. Star Wars and the franchise in general. Absolutely. Uh, because it's, I think the one thing that Mandalorian did so well is it, it had a plan. And the Star Wars movies didn't have a plan. It was like, we're going to make a movie and then we'll figure out what we're going to do next when we start making that movie. And the criticism that so many people have said and the thing that people have tried to convince uh, Disney to do with Star Wars is to do this what they did with Marvel. Mar- Star Wars needs a Kevin Feige. They need, yeah. and I know Kathleen Kennedy is supposed to kind of be that person, but it's, I don't think it's working out quite as well as they had planned. Well, well Favreau's writing all this stuff, mostly himself, and that's a lot. Right, it is, and he's gotten some help with, from Filoni on, on yeah. Book of Boba. I think they had as much, I think they equally wrote that, this one out, uh, but for the most part, yeah, you're right, Favreau is writing all of this, this show, The Mandalorian, all by himself, but, you know, my big picture thoughts on this show, you know, there are, there are probably more times when I enjoyed this show than when I didn't enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. And same thing for the finale, when we get more specifically into it, there are probably more times I was entertained and more times when I enjoyed it than I didn't enjoy it. But the problem that this show has, the missteps are so big. Yeah. <laughs> and when you make as big of missteps as they make in a show and in a series, it tends to overshadow, you know, the nice moments that you've had with it because the missteps were just so big. Right. Yeah. You're right about that. And I will mention one more thing. This was a show that in reality starred two people that are near 60 or Tamara Morrison is over 60. Right. Ming-Nan Wayne is 58. Right. So you're talking about 60-year-olds leading the series. So that, that's something that I think is a positive as well. Yeah, it is. I think, I mean, they, they also had uh, Jennifer Beals in this. We'll talk more about her yeah. later. Uh, and she's, I think, 58 as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they had a lot of people who were, you know, up, upper in years, uh, even though they didn't look it. Uh, right, Tomorrow right. Morrison, he kind of looks it. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, just about everybody else is. I mean, the guy who plays Black Kersantan, uh, I think he was in, like, I think he originally played Predator, so he's got to be up there. Oh, wow, yeah. As, as well, so. Uh, yeah, so, there, I mean, there's there's a lot of good things, but we're probably going to end up talking about a lot of the bad things because that's, the like I said earlier, the bad things overshadow this this show more so than anything else. Uh, all right, let's, let's go ahead and get into this. All right, so one of my big gripes is here at the very beginning. The first thing that we get... At the beginning of the show is they're at Garza's, I guess I'm thinking I'm saying it right, Garza, uh, yep. Garza's bar or whatever it is, and they're walking around and they're surveying the damage. They just like hardly do anything about Jennifer Beale's death. I mean, I, know. I, I agree. I'm laughing over here, but I'm like, can we get a, a rest in peace? 
I know something. A moment of silence? I mean, that's one of the most disappointing parts of the show was when Jennifer Beals was cast for this. And when you see her the first time in that first episode, you think she's going to be, you know, a decent character. Because you don't Mm -hmm. get Jennifer Beals to play that role if they're inconsequential. And when you kill her off, and I was really disappointed to find out that she actually did die. I was hoping because we didn't see her die that maybe she'd be sucking around. But they didn't even, like, recognize her death. I'm like... That's freaking Jennifer Bills over there. You've got to say something about her death, and they just—I don't know—they even said her name. Normally, I, I didn't have a chance to yeah. watch it a second time. Normally, I would have, and that's one of the things I would have been looking for. I don't think uh, they said her name. They did not. And also, uh, th- this is this is the first instance of this. It happens later on. The Gamoras die, and yes, there's no do. mention of them. There's no mention of them either. I mean, their death was it, the scene itself was cool, but it ends up kind of getting brushed off to the side. I mean, yeah. it's. I mean, I guess it's because you don't see their faces, and people don't have just a real strong connection to the Gamorans. But I love the Gamorans. They're one of my yeah. favorite. They're one of my favorite Star Wars species. But so, like, no, no one says, "Hey, wonder if those guys made." I know, like when they're pulling everybody back in together, like, oh, well, I guess they just kind of forgot about them. So, yeah, that's that's another issue that 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 i had with it uh but you know like i said i just don't understand the the logic behind that now the next thing that just really stood stood out obviously is we see the x-wing come in and we got to talk about this oh yeah the x-wing comes in we know it's it's going to be luke bringing grogu back but it's not luke it's just grogu now we got to talk about luke Salty Luke. <laughs> Salty Luke. Because here's the thing. If you're a parent, do not leave your child in the care of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I mean, like, for example, all right, tonight my daughter, and we're recording this on Friday night. My daughter is, uh, she went and spent the night, she spent the night with one of her friends that uh, she's known since she was, you know, a year and a half years old. Uh, spent, she spent the night over at their house. So it's, it's basically like, you know, I gave my daughter into the care of uh, her friend's parents. And, you know, I worked out, I'm like, all right, I'll come get her tomorrow around 4.35. And they say, oh, don't worry about it. We'll get her back to you. And I'm like, okay, that's great. And they send her on an Uber. <laughs> instead, right, right, right. instead of actually bringing her herself, it's like, as soon as Luke realized, all right, well, he doesn't want to do the four. He doesn't want to be a Jedi, so I'm not going to even worry about him anymore. I'm just going to let, let R2 take care of him. And this is another, like, you open the Uber, and there's no seatbelt. <laughs> There's like no protective measures whatsoever for. And, and how about the fact Luke wears a helmet? He doesn't put one on Grogu. I, 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 true, and I guess maybe he didn't have a, a Yoda, a, a Yoda creature-sized helmet. But, but yeah, I mean, like, come on, Luke. I mean, then like you know, later on, you know, how I remember how many years? Maybe five, six years later, he wants to kill his own nephew. <laughs> so I mean, why are we leaving children in the care of Luke Skywalker? I don't think we need to do that anymore throughout the course of the star wars history i guess luke skywalker babysitter club is not going to happen as a spinoff true i don't think it is all right let's uh, let's get more serious about this though at the end of episode six i did not think that they were going to answer that question about what decision grogu was going to make were you surprised i was surprised as well yeah yeah i was really surprised i I thought that would be something that was get answered in the Mandalorian, or kind of like you said last week on the show, it might be put in as a stinger or right. something along those lines. But the fact that we get this, we get this answer this early. I was pleased, 
Uh, and I'm glad to see that we got the answer that we wanted. Now, this is, again, this is the part that they do well. They are bringing, when they bring in Grogu, when they bring in the man, bring in Mando, they do it well. Grogu was absolutely phenomenal in this episode. And, you know, it's just kind of what we come to expect because they do that part of him, this, of this show, of this universe, so extremely well. Yeah, and then I like, you know, the little scene with him and Pele Moto. That, yes. that was fun. Yeah. yeah, it was. And she's, I mean, Amy Sedaris is just absolutely a joy as as Pele Moto. So, I, I, you know, I, I did like the fact that when she finds out his actual name is Grogu, she says, oh, what a terrible name. It's just kind of that throw, uh, shout out yeah. to those who hate his name. Because my daughter yeah. loves Baby Yoda, but she hates that name. She will not call him Grogu. Yeah, what a what a weird name. Where where, where did that come from? Tyler? Well, come on. <laughs> well, it's like I told my daughters, like it, it's a, it's a Star Wars name. I mean, it, it's it's classic Star Wars. So I'm a little surprised they don't like have an apostrophe or something in it as well because <laughs> that's the way that he does everything. Uh, but but yeah, like I said, just bringing in Grogu just works really really well. Uh, that kind of also takes us to the plan. What did you think of the plan that they had for fighting the Pikes? Uh, I'm going to put in quotations the plan. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> what, what a horrible plan. I mean, I get what they were trying to do because Finnick is just sitting there describing it. She's sitting there describing, you know, we want to make sure that nobody sneaks up on us. That we So we spread everybody out. You got the mods over in this one corner of Mos Espa. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk plenty about them. Uh, you got the mods over in this one corner. You got... Kersantin all by himself. I, I was good. I, I wrote that down. Like he's a man alone. We're, we're lucky he lived. Yeah, we are. I mean, and he's like in the area of the Trandoshans. The Trandoshans hate Wookies, and Wookies hate Trandoshans because Trandoshans enslave Wookies. I'm like, why are we putting him with those people? Uh, and then you got uh, Boba. Oh, I forgot about the Gwarns. Thank you. They were kind of. I don't, I don't even know where they were. Yeah, I couldn't figure that I, out. I, I don't know. It was, they were at the docks. That's where they oh, were. Okay. They were at the docks. Uh, but so they're at the docks, and you've got, you know, Boba and Mando back at the sanctuary. And as soon as like she talks about, you know, we won't have anybody sneak up on us. Cad Bane sneaks up on him. <laughs> yeah, I know. There was multiple people that snuck up on him. Over and over again, there were people sneaking up on them. And this kind of just goes into this. One of the, my biggest gripes about this show is, you know, throughout the course of, of the series, we saw Boba make decisions, and Finnick was a lot of times saying, all right, is this the best plan? Do we really want to do it this way? And I think the way you need to pay that off is you need to pay off this by saying, by showing that all these decisions that Boba was making that were questionable, that he ends up being right in the long run. Yeah. And not only did they not do that, they basically doubled in like, yeah, he sucks at this. <laughs> I was going to say, he's easily convinced. The mods convince him to stay in that one spot right. when he has much better protection, you know, at the... What, what is it called? The the lair or whatever? Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure what the it palace. is. The palace, I think. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. He has much better protection there. So they, and then he's like, "You're right." Right. Let's I mean, skate. they want to they want to protect the city, but I mean, how? If you're going to protect the city, you want to bring a, a war to protect the city. How is that going to protect the city? You want to bring the war away from the city to protect the city. Right. So, like I said, there's just so much about about that that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And here's the other thing. Did we really not see the trap coming? 
Oh yeah, we we I all mean, saw it coming. How, how many times has this happened in the Star Wars? Exactly. I mean, and I I can I can live with that because I mean that's a typical Star Wars trip, you know. Uh, so I I'm I'm okay with that. But like I said, it's just this whole. I mean, this show just seems like, and I, like I said, I thought they were going to like flip the script in this final episode, but this whole show seems to be about just showing how bad Boba Fett is at being a daimyo because and what's disappointing about it is when you get that scene at the end of mandalorian season two where boba and finnick come into uh, to jabba's lair they end up shooting bib fortuna they kill him and boba takes the throne finnick plops up next to him and they just this that this cool yeah. looking picture so you think oh this is going to be awesome when when it comes out he's going to kick a lot of butt it's going to be spectacular and he's just bad at his job <laughs> <laughs> He uh he said it all at the end. I may not be suited for this. Exactly. That's what that was. I literally like just flipped my remote up in the air when he said that because I was like, "You mean to tell me you made me you made a series that just said <laughs> Boba Fett's not that great?" That's because that's what they did. They made a series that ah, he's not that great. I actually laughed when they said that because I thought, "Was that Favreau just going, oops?" I, I it kind of feels that way. It really, truly does. Just kind of feel that way i mean and they don't even end with boba fett they end with with mando and and grogu yeah flying off and i guess that's supposed to like signify that will be the next thing coming down the line obviously but, but yeah like i said just I, I just didn't get that now that as much as we've been a little negative here i will say this the battle scene that uh, ensues when once they get once the uh fight actually starts uh, you got you got Mando and Boba getting ready to charge out, and the major domo uh, kind of butts in and says, "Hey, let me go negotiate for you." That was a fun scene. That was a fun scene. Uh, fun scene. A uh, little bit of lighthearted humor there. So I was glad to see that because this show, especially when it was just Boba, didn't have enough of that. If, if you ask me. Right. But that little distraction that they send out with the major domo, and they get their jetpacks on. I love the jetpack scene. the The jetpack fighting was I thought was cool. That was really cool. I thought I'm with you. I thought, man, this this is the best use of jetpacks, and how they were able to like sneak up on them, mm-hmm. and then really, and then you know, would you say bob and weave? You know, yeah, that's kind of what they were doing. I mean, yeah. So that that was really cool. We all know how important the high ground is in Star Wars stories. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they get so that was a nice, cool scene. Uh, but obviously, they're outgunned and they're getting ready to get taken out, and that's when the people of Freetown come in now. I was a little worried at this point because at this point it appeared that Van, Cobb Vance was dead. Yes, because he said they shot him in cold blood. Right, and uh, they, you know, they were Mando said, "I'm I'm sorry to hear about Cobb." And he's like, "Yeah, they shot him in cold blood." And I was like, "They did they seriously decide to kill Cobb?" And I really truly thought that's what it was. Now, obviously, we find out the stinger yes. that he's in the back to tank and he's going to get some kind of modification that will keep him alive, much like what happened with Finnick in episode four. Uh, so Raylan in space is coming. Raylan in space is coming. I'm, I, I wonder if they're going to give him his own show because that kind of feels that way. Yeah, it kind of does. I agree with you. But I'm not sure. The only thing I didn't like about the, the stinger, I don't think they really got a good enough view of, of Cobb and that. I couldn't no. tell that was him. No, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I've seen so much stuff with him mm-hmm. that I, I knew it was him. And also the hair. 
gave it away. But you're right. It didn't really pan on his face. It didn't. And like I said, I was like, who is that in the back tank? I couldn't figure it out. And then I had to like go to Google to find out. I was like, oh, that was Cobb. Okay, well, that, that makes me happy because I didn't think that's I, – I couldn't figure out who it was. Uh, but, yeah, it looks like they're going to do something else for him. I don't know. Like I said, maybe they're just going to pull him into another series. But I, I think it would be really cool if they gave him his own show. But I know they're redoing Justified for a season, so I don't know how, yeah. how much that would play into it. But uh, – but yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that he, he's still alive. I uh, liked the entrance that the people of Freetown made. That was cool. Uh, that was cool. I, I thought that was a nice entrance on one of those speeder things. I mean, they, there's so many different speeders in, in Star Wars. I can't keep up with them. But yeah, that was a nice, cool little uh, moment. Uh, we do need to talk a little bit, though, about the mods. All right, so when the battle breaks out... The mods are pinned down, and Finnick comes and saves them, which is appropriate for the mods because they are terrible. But did you notice their guns, their, their blasters? They had very small. They looked like they came out of the bottom of a Star Wars cereal box. <laughs> they, they were just these tiny little rinky-dink things. I'm like, that's what you took into a, into a war? I'm like, oh my gosh, how y'all are not only bad, but you're dumb. You know what else killed me? Uh, I, I don't know why. When I saw this guy, I just thought, God, I hate these kids. When he, The one wearing like the aqua blue jacket, uh-huh. whatever his outfit was, I just hated it. it yeah. Just, it, when you said Grease and stuff, this was, it really did. It looks like some bad teen TV. I think they thought the mods were going to be the, the breakout stars of this and get their own show and maybe right. get their own... Because this is all about toys. Right, it is. And they brought Sophie Thatcher into it. And yeah. I thought she was good. Yeah, uh, she these, was... I thought she was good the, the first few times. I think, I thought she came across as bored in this one. I agree. I, I think when she signed up for this, I think I thought she had in her, in her head that she had this bigger role or that she'd have a more important role in the development of the series. But she, outside of episode three, she doesn't really get used much. And by the time they try to use her again in episode seven, she's just kind of like over it, I thought. But maybe, like yeah. I said, that, that was my opinion of her. Like I said, I liked her in episode three. She was one of the few ones that I did like in episode three, but yeah. I just felt, she just felt, I felt like she was bored. And is it time to talk about the move? Well, let's talk about how we get to that move first. All right. Okay. Uh, so the one, one of the best things of the show, of this particular episode, was the scorpion droids. Those were menacing. Oh, yeah. Those were really yeah. good. I mean, you get this after the pikes had kind of cleared out and they're on the run. Everybody celebrating. Mando puts on his his X-ray or heat or heat, whatever you call that, uh, where he can see the, the heat coming off of that scorpion droid as it's coming towards him, and you realize, oh, this is not good. And when you actually see it, you're like, oh, it's really not good. Uh, those were really menacing droids they they felt like a real true threat and you know it's one of those area times where you felt like you know i don't know how they're going to get out of this uh what were your thoughts on those droids yeah the same thing i i thought man this is gonna be interesting to watch them get out of it and then when i saw when i saw bubba fett leave i knew exactly what was about to happen see i did not i did not even i i had i, I remember the rancor thing and we'll get to that later on but yeah i didn't think about that so i'm gonna get on you to pick that up 
But that was uh, yeah, that like you said, very menacing. Like, like you, you, you were a little worried about the boys yeah, and you, girls. You were, and that's when Pelimoto rolls up with with Grogu, <laughs> uh, which is a spectacular time for her to come in. How did uh, you not hear everything? Exactly. <laughs> like, how are you not knowing what's going on at this point? But the reunion between Mando and and Grogu, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he, he takes the, the force jumping that Luke was trying to teach him to be a Jedi, and he uses it to jump up to give the huge, big old hug to Mando, and it's just this absolutely heartwarming moment. Uh, and I was not expecting, you know, to be tearing up at in the middle of watching this show, but here I was like, oh, well, here we are. But yeah. That was, that was the perfect reunion, and it's... Uh... You know, you talked about the highs and lows, and that was that was such a huge high. Right, that, like I was like, all right, this episode's going to be good. Right, and it's one. But again, as I was loving that moment, I, I couldn't help but think, another great moment that doesn't involve Boba. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's again another great moment between Mando and Grogu, which is wonderful. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong; I loved it absolutely. Was you know almost in tears because of that moment, but I, I was like, all right, uh, they just don't seem to feature Boba that well uh but yeah and you know once you get once you realize that Grogu is going to be on the battlefield you know he's going to play a part uh the they're 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 doing nothing against against these droids they have nothing and obviously that's when he breaks out the force and he pulls out I, I don't know what that was it, was, I mean, it wasn't a screw or I'm not sure what it was he pulled out of that thing's leg but uh yeah 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 because it about knocked him down yeah he, it did knock him down yeah it did knock him down because he couldn't use one of his legs anymore uh so you know that kind of gave uh mando an opportunity to, to get away but that takes us to arguably the worst action scene i have ever seen in a star wars movie maybe in the history of movies and television and it was being ridiculed incessantly on Twitter. So, uh, Chrysanthemum, we kind of glossed over him, so let's not gloss over him. Chrysanthemum ends up getting injured because the Trandoshans end up jumping him. Uh, somehow or another, he finds a way to get to escape, and he gets back with the rest of the group, but he's injured, so he can't walk as well. And Sophie Thatcher's character, Drash, and who was the other one? Uh, Scad. Scad was the other one. Uh, and Scad go to help him, but as they're going to help him, these the pikes come out, they're shooting at him, and he does this stupid spin move. <laughs> I'm like, why are you doing a spin move? Because that, nobody was there was there was no reason to do a spin move. I I don't understand how they thought that was a good idea. I mean, how are you watching that like when you're filming it and thinking, yeah, that's the stuff right there. I, I bet there because I think it's the kid's name like Jordan something. Yeah, I had it pulled up, but I, I lost it. Uh, I, I bet they were Jordan Bulger. I bet I bet he improved that one. I and like and Robert Rodriguez is like do it again. <laughs> we're gonna talk about Robert a little bit later <laughs> on. Yeah. Uh, go but ahead. Like it was it was so cheesy. Like you said, what what advantage did he gain? By doing the spin. None. I mean, he probably, it took, you know, the extra two seconds it takes to spin, you're making yourself more vulnerable. And I actually thought that at one point he was going to end up doing the Michael Jackson, oh! (laughs) (laughs) That would have been awesome if he'd done that. It might have been so bad at that point that it would have been good. Because we weren't there yet. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm with you. It's the worst. I think it's the worst action move I've ever seen. Because there's, and it looks even more ridiculous that Black Chrysanthemum is right next to him. Right. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was done in slow motion, wasn't it? Yes, it was pretty slow. Yeah. I mean, like, you purposely slowed, go to slow motion to highlight and emphasize this spin move. I'm like, why would you do that? Like I said, I just, I cannot fathom what they were thinking when they were filming that. And I, was, I actually looked this kid up too because I thought, is this guy a pop star that I don't know about? He kind of looks like one. Yeah, and and I thought, you know, this might be his move that they're highlighting. Uh-huh. They're like giving giving this fan something, but I didn't I didn't see a pop star, you know, background anywhere on right. him. I, I, Again, why? <laughs> yeah, why? I, I don't why know. Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> it's it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Like I said, I just I just don't get it. Uh, but it's about that point that we get the rancor, and that's when the rancor comes in. And I did like the rancor. Uh, and I, it, it when you kind of see him come in, and all of a sudden you see Boba riding it. I was like, okay, this is cool. I, I'm down for this. I was a little disappointed that we didn't get Danny Trejo at any point in this episode yeah. because yeah, it, we needed Trejo when, when his hands come over the, the that wall I was like oh yeah yeah this is it and that was a fun scene and I absolutely you know love watching the Rancor you know battle the Scorpion droids you got Mando with the Darksaber who seems a little bit more who seems to be able to handle just a little bit better uh, since mm-hmm. we saw him in episode five uh, so you got this this these are the good action sequences because to be quite honest some of the action sequences earlier were pretty bad because uh, yeah. that was probably we hadn't really talked that much about those I thought a lot of the action sequences before this moment just didn't they didn't sell them very well uh, this one though, these are the ones that they that they are really doing a really good job of selling, uh, and you know, see the the rancor take on these scorpion droids. It's just absolutely fun to watch. It's, it's fun, is what it is. But here's the one thing. Let's get back to it. I, I I don't get it. So the rancor is you know has no fear. He's taking on these scorpion droids. They got these big huge blaster cannons. They got these razor sharp feet that he's getting stabbed with and the rancor is just going at him and they're going at each other they're just ripping at each other apart and then cad bane comes in with a little flamethrower <laughs> attached to his arm this tiny little flamethrower yeah and he goes running with his tail between his legs i'm like really so that's the one thing that scares him not the big huge scorpion droid that's like killing everybody so like i'm like that doesn't i i know what people say well they're scared of fire but i guess that's i guess that's the logic yeah, that's gonna be the, that's gonna, that has to be the logic uh, there a lot of flamethrower tonight uh, yeah a lot of there. flamethrower on this one i look i love the arm flamethrower don't be wrong but yeah there was a lot of arm flame uh arm flamethrower all right and that takes us to the next part what did you understand what they were talking about when boba and cad were discussing their history with each other no, and I, I found out, I, I did a little research on this, and why did they not bring this up more? They, uh, this is, uh, I know, that's probably one of the issues. I mean, I actually knew about this because I hadn't researched it a lot, but apparently in, like, one of the Legends books, this was after uh, Mace Windu is killed by, I'm sorry, after Mace Windu kills Jango Fett, uh, he ends up taking Boba under his wing and training him. And there's this one job, though, where they come crossways with each other and they get, end up going their separate ways. And they're calling back to that. But a lot of people don't know it. And they had originally thought to put it in the Clone Wars, but I don't know why they, they, they backtracked on that. 
but they were going to put it in Clone Wars at one time, and they just decided not to. As a matter of fact, there's some people who think they might eventually like just kind of release some episodes of that because apparently all the voice work for that is done. Okay. They've got the voice work for like those episodes where uh, they were going to kind of flesh out that story some. They just didn't finish the animation, so that's all they really need to do is go back and finish the animation. And this was a weird thing too because the first time they they kind of faced off. Uh, Cad kind of hints at that they have some history. Right. But Bubba Fat acts like he doesn't know who he is. Right. He just wants to kill him. Right. He just wants to kill him. I mean, but, that, then, but then the second time Bubba Fett, you know, says, I'm not a little boy anymore or something or right. whatever. Yeah. So it, I thought that was weird. Yeah. It was weird. Like I said, they, they're, I think they were really just kind of doing that for those people who were aware of that storyline that was out there. Uh, I think they just wanted people to be, they wanted to kind of throw that out to them. But when you do that, you need to give a little bit more context. You, you should have done something prior in the series to let people kind of, get an understanding of what that conversation was when they were having it. Uh, so, but yeah, but yeah, it was, uh, like I said, I, I was wondering how well that was going to come across to people who weren't, the only reason I'm familiar with it was because I'd, I'd read about it uh, prior. And, and you make a good point. Like when they have the initial face off and they don't fight, it would have taken two minutes for him to explain to Finnick and, and Mando how he knows him. Right, exactly. That's all. Uh, it's all you have to do is just give and a that, quick explanation. And that makes and that makes their face off even the second duel even more. Right, <laughs> misstep, huge misstep. It is, and like I said, I mean, I, I I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to give throw a bone to those people who knew about it, but you, you had to set it up a little bit better than than what they did. Uh, but the the duel between them was really good. I mean, Cad Bane obviously had Boba's number. Uh, which I'm okay with because of the way that they redeemed the uh, Tuscan, basically the Tuscan history between between Boba and the Tuscans. Him actually getting the better of Cad Bane by using the, the stick. I don't know really what it's called. Yeah. But that was a really nice way, if you ask me, of Boba showing that you know it's the old ways. It's not necessarily the new ways. They're always good. Uh, by by pulling that stick out, I, I honestly I didn't see it on him. I don't know where. I, did you notice it? You know what? I didn't notice it either. So I'm, yeah. that was kind of one issue I had. I wish I had had a, a moment to go back and watch it a second time beforehand. Because I, that's another thing I would have looked for. It was like, where did it come from? <laughs> like, did he just pull it out of a, a hole somewhere? Because I, I don't remember him actually having it on him, unless it can fold or something that I'm not aware of. But it didn't look like that's the case. But uh, so that's probably one minor quibble I have with it. But just in general, I do like. The the way that he ends up getting the better the betterment of Cad Bane. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, and like you said, uh, he 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 uses the the gift from the Tuscans, and I thought, okay, we did have a plan, right? We're wrap, you know we're wrapping it up, you know that w- what he learned and he's using it, you know against I guess his his nemesis, right? So that was that was really cool, and like you know I asked you because when when Cad gets when it looks like he's dead, you hear like some beeping. So mm-hmm. I was like, "Is he alive?" No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they they they, they yeah. killed him off in this one. Uh, which that is uh, that's another decision I don't necessarily know that I like. You bring in Cad Bane. I mean, and the internet was just a buzz when they saw Cad Bane a week ago, and they're talking about how great a character was, how awesome he was, and now you kill him a week later. So yeah, but w- what's coming? Well, true. That's a good point. All the stuff that's coming is before this. Right. He will be back. Maybe in all three. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. He they they could they could pull him back. With and we're him. talking about Obi Wan, right? Asaka and uh, is it Andor? 
Andor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all three of those are, are coming in the yeah. next year. Well, I don't think we'll see him in Ahsoka, because Ahsoka's going to take place basically after this. From what Oh, okay, okay. So, okay. so we probably won't see him there, but yeah, we could easily see him in Obi-Wan. We could definitely see him in Andor when when those take place. So that would be that would be really cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, Finnick, let's talk about her a little bit, because she doesn't do a lot in this one. Are you okay with that? No. I need more Finnick. <laughs> yeah, I would like to have more Finnick too. I think, I mean, I love, I've said on this show in the few episodes that we've done, I love Finnick. I love Ming-Na Wen. I think she's a phenomenal actress. I think she has been underutilized in her career. But. And let's bring that up. What was the first time you remember seeing her? First time I remember seeing her? Uh, was some sitcom from back in the 90s. I don't oh, remember uh, what was. Single Guy. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, she, I watched ER, and she was on that before. Uh, well, before she, that, yeah. Okay. And then, like, you look at you look at her career, and I'm with you. She has been underutilized. She's had a good career. Yeah, she's, she's had solidly a good career. worked. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you look at her in this, man, she should have been a star. She should have been a superstar. Right. There should have been some action movie you know, series made for her. Right, and I, I would like to see them do something. They need to find something more for her to do. I honestly yeah. believe that. And I will say this. I can at least understand why they went with a little bit of a lesser role for her. She's not she's not a you know, front lines type soldier. She's an assassin. So I can at least understand that. That's the reason why she's probably not. I mean, she's she's a stealth killer, which is what she ends up doing in the very end. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, they do re- they show off what she can do in that regards. But I just would like to have more of her. Well, do you think if they showed a lot more of her, she would totally overpower Boba Fett? Yeah, but they didn't seem to worry about that with with Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, that's so, true. That's so I, I I think you're right. I think they they would have, but uh, I think she would have definitely overpowered Boba. But like I said, they did it with Mando and Grogu. So uh, oh, well, we yeah, all, well let me mention one more thing about the, her battle. Could she not have fought for a few minutes and then snuck out? Yeah, I, I, I that's kind of what I thought, but I guess she just wanted to make sure that she cut the sna- the head off of the snake. I and guess, she, and she showed sure did. She did. She absolutely did. Uh, oh, we almost we almost forgot this. So the 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 rancor after the battle is over, the rancor is raging. He's tearing up the city, uh, and the mods are screwing up again by shooting the thing, uh, making him even more scared. Uh, I love that Mando just kind of jumps in, you know, head first, literally, uh, because the Rancor was trying to bite his head off. Uh, and Pelly at that point says, hey, tells Grogu, don't worry about your dad. He's resourceful. And then he, like, starts to bite off and says, oh, maybe not. <laughs> that was really cool. What The Mando versus when he tries to jump on it, and then that thing tries to eat him and keeps getting <laughs> stuck on his helmet. That, that, was, that was really cool. But obviously the best part of it is when Grogu – calms him down, puts him to sleep, and then just, whenever he uses the force like that, it just wears him out, and he just takes a little nap right next to him. I'm like, okay, yeah. It's, it, you, they just are so good with with that little puppet. <laughs> I mean, they are. and his little walk. I mean, yeah, I, oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's it's it, the best. It really is. I mean, it's like, I'm almost every time I see him, like they need to fix it, but I don't want them to, you know, yeah. <laughs> he needs a better walk, but I love that walk. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, oh, I thought, the, I thought of another complaint about the mods and the, and when they're trying to shoot the droid uh-huh. and, uh, and our listener, Brian McDuff pointed this out. So when, when Drash, and the fe- the young female from the uh, Freetown, mm-hmm. they go to the roof right. to distract it, and they're like two feet apart. They're like, <laughs> yes, they are. They're like, there's no room between them. Like, 
What, what kind of distraction are you doing like that? One of the things I did like about that, it was an unintentional, unintentionally funny moment, is when, you know, she's going up to to be the sniper in that situation. Like, she gets the the bartender's gun and yeah. he gets her little rinky dink thing. I kind of, was, <laughs> I, he kind of looked at it like, really? I have to use this. Uh, uh, but like I said, it, that was one of the, the great ones. Like, Oh yeah, great. Thanks. Appreciate that. But, uh, but yeah, th- so like I said a lot of, there were, there were a lot of fun moments, but the bad moments are just what stand out. So, so much in the show and in this episode, uh, in general. So, uh, I guess let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, we're not doing weekly awards. We are doing uh, season awards for this. So our six friends awards, we will do the Rachel, the Joey, the Chandler, the Phoebe, the Monica, and the Ross, and we'll explain them as we go. So up first is the Rachel, and that is the person who is the star, the person who shines the most in the series or the movie or whatever it is we're watching. Who is your Rachel for this? This may this one was very hard, and I know what you're going to do because we kind of talked about it. Right. And I went back and forth on this, and I'm I'm still going to do it. It's Bubba Fett. Okay. Uh, it's this was very hard because he really didn't right. stand out as much. But I, it, it, we're not picking Mando and Grogu for these. Let me right. just we're not because they would they would they would win Rachel and Joey every time. They would. Yeah. So, but like. I didn't want to do it, but you know the guys, the star of the show, and, and here's here's the reason I did. I, I'd watch another season of this. I enjoy yeah. every episode. Yeah, I mean, I would I would watch another season as well. I would yeah. hope that they would learn from their mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Be- because of that, I, I picked him as the Rachel. Now I told you this before we recorded. My Rachel, I'm not giving one because it should be Boba. It's like you said, it should be Boba, but he didn't shine, and that was my issue with this. I mean. He, there was no person that really just stood out among this show, except for, except for Din Jaren and for Grogu. They were the only ones that really stood out, and this isn't their show. They have their own show. They're going to do their own thing. So, like I said, I end up saying nobody gets a Rachel because, like I said, I just didn't see anybody who shined in this one. There was nobody who just really stood out among anybody. And it should have been Boba Fett. And we're going to talk after we do our rating. I want to go. Ba- I want to come back to this. So uh, we'll get back to that in just a second. But um, all right, your Joey. Your Joey is the person who you just love. He, that, it's your favorite. Regardless of what they do, you just love them anyway. So who's your Joey? Phoenix Shad. Good. That's mine too. Phoenix Shad is mine. And she is like seems to be like the smart one up until the very end when she she's the one who sets out the plan that <laughs> ends up backfiring. But uh, for the most part, she seemed to know more about what was going on, about more how to be a daimyo and all this fun stuff. And you know, she was the smart one. She was, uh, you know, you just love her personality. And I I, I agree. It was Phoenix and. All right, uh, the Chandler. Who's your Chandler? Oh, well, Chandler. Well, let me explain the Chandler. Chandler is the the lighthearted entertainment, the funny person. That's the Chandler for us. I went with Pele, Pele Moto. Yeah, I did too. And normally, I, I almost didn't include her because she seems more like a Mandalorian character, but there's not a whole lot of, to choose from in terms of being people being funny, being lighthearted or anything like that, so I ended up going with Pele Moto too. And this character, I know some people don't like it, I, I like Amy Sedaris. Maybe that's why I love David Sedaris, her brother as uh-huh. well. But so like maybe my my 
fondness for her, but I, I still, I think she makes it work. Yeah, I think she does. I think she does a really good job. I, I, yeah. I like her character a lot. Uh, so if you don't, I don't really, what's wrong with you? Why don't you like her? <laughs> uh, all right, uh, your Phoebe. Who's your Phoebe? The person, the Phoebe is the person who you, you don't really get, you don't really understand. Uh, they're kind of weird and wacky and out there. Who was your Phoebe? Uh, Major Domo, right? Actually, I went with Major Domo with another one. Why'd you go with Major Domo here? Because he's a weirdo. He is a weirdo. He's definitely a weirdo. I went with Boba Fett. Okay. Because I, I didn't get what he was supposed to be in this show. Like I said, he was supposed to be, you know, this awesome, you know, butt-kicking dude. And, you know, going to just kind of put his stamp uh, over all of Tatooine, and we didn't get that. And we got this guy who, you know, ends up, you know, in the back to tank a whole lot because he's getting injured a lot. I didn't understand what they were doing with him. I, I So that's the reason I ended up going with the Phoebe for both. You know, that, that actually makes a lot of sense, especially, like I mentioned earlier, how easily he was convinced to change his mind. Yeah, I mean, it didn't take hardly anything to change his mind at any point, except for when he was dealing with Finnick, who seemed to be the most knowledgeable. Right. And he... Stay true to his roots, but when the mods say something to him, oh, oh, sure, yeah, I'll change my mind. So, like I said, there's just I, I didn't get what they were trying to do with his character, and that's the reason I went with him for, for the Phoebe. All right, the Monica. The Monica is the person who kind of does the dirty work. The person who uh, may not be the most likable, but they still serve a purpose. Uh, so, who is your Monica? This was a hard one, but I, I just went with Black Chrysanthemum. Okay, I like that. Mine was Major Domo. This is where I put Major Domo uh, because. He's the slimy, sleazy character, but he serves a purpose, you know. So that's yeah. the reason I end up going with him. Why'd you go with Kersantan? Uh Just because I was going through all the characters, and I was just like, well, you know, he brought a big part to the show. Right. And, uh, you know, he was solid. Oh, yeah, he was. And, and Monica was solid. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and, and I was going to mention something about Major Domo. Uh, you know, him and Amy Sedaris have a long history together of oh, collaboration. They? Yeah, they were in... Uh, Second City together. Okay. And then she had a TV show and movie in the 90s called Strangers with Candy. Uh And he was one of the characters. And then she had a show on, I think on True TV called At Home with Amy Sedaris. And he was was one of the characters there. Okay. And I wonder if they don't, if somehow they have history with John Favreau because he started out with Chicago Improv as well. Okay. That was surprising. So that may be how she... Amy Sedaris got on there that she may have mentioned David Pasquisi to come on as major domo. But yeah, I thought that was cool that they ended up together and they had that history. So, okay, you cool. know, hope, hopefully we'll get to see them together again. That would be cool. I, w- I would like to see that. That would be, that would be something fun to see. So, all right. Well, we know how we're both going on this one. Who is, who is the Ross? The one you just don't like the mods, <laughs> the mods. And in, in general, it was the mods, but scad was the most obvious, especially, I mean, yeah. he put himself over the top when he did that stupid spin move. I was like, Oh gosh, no, you're, you're forgetting Aquaman. Oh yeah. Coat. Yeah, that's true. I forgot. About he him. doesn't even say anything. He doesn't say a he thing. He just looked really dumb with that coat on. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. Scad, scad with that move though. Oh <sighs> yeah. Poor scad. I mean, cause I'm sure, I'm sure when he was filming that, when he, when, that scene was getting filmed. He thought, 
man, I want to have this great Star Wars moment, and then it just gets ridiculed left and right on Twitter I mean, and Facebook. Seriously, and, though, think about that. And this is why it, it would be so hard to be an actor or something, because this, you know, he's like, oh, man, he's telling his family, I got my big moment coming exactly. up. And he's, like you said, just trash. Yeah. Just, oh. I saw so many people copying this GIF and putting it on Twitter. Like, what is this? And, and, and uh, we know Twitter is not real life, but I didn't find a single person who thought, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that yeah. Was, I like that. So, All right, let's do our rating. Our, we have a rating system. Our five-star is a Game of Thrones. Our four-star is a Lost. Our three-star is a Friends. Two-star is a Full House. And our one-star is Baywatch. So how, where are you putting this one? Uh, it's Friends. I went with Friends. I mean, I came close to going. I'm like, at the end of last week, I moved up to a Lost. I almost went down. Thinking about just the series in general, I almost went down yeah. to a full house. I oh, almost wow. did. Wow. Well, just because I just don't know that. What it came down to me was I. there were a lot of times I enjoyed the show. There were a lot of times I, I enjoyed it. There, but there were so many times that I didn't. But I just the series just – it doesn't work. I mean, if you take away how much you enjoyed something or how much you didn't enjoy something and you just look at does it work – this series just doesn't work. I mean, because it's, it's, like I said, I mean, it's, you expect when you go into this show, you expect them to basically give us the things that we have all thought that Boba Fett was for 30 some odd years. We thought that's what we were getting. We thought we were about to get that. We kind of got a sense of that at the end of Mandalorian season two. And we get this show where Boba Fett's just a screw up. He doesn't. He, he can't seem to make any good decisions. And at the end, he basically ends up saying, "Yeah, I'm not really good at this job." And like, and then your best episodes don't include him. So, like I said, I came close to going into Floss. I didn't because the, overall, I did enjoy it enough at times that I thought it still deserved at least three stars. But it came close to going all the way down to a full house for me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I didn't go there, but I did think. I knew it was going to be uh, a friends because for it to be a, a Game of Thrones and a Lost show, I would consider binging again. Yeah, I would not. Be, I would watch, and I probably will watch five and six before Mandalorian, before Mandalorian season, three. season three. I wouldn't watch the rest of this. I would watch the finale again. I've watched it twice, and uh, it. I think I texted you this. This was the first time. That uh, when we've been doing this, I was going back to watch an episode, and I was like, I really don't want to watch this. Right. I, 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 normally, I watch it a second time. I just haven't had an, an opportunity to watch this one a second time. I'm not disappointed in <laughs> yeah. that. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it, like there were just so much of it that just doesn't work as a cohesive show. There were a lot of things individually that worked, but when you try to put it all together for an actual story, it's just a big jumbled up mess. And, and 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 I hope they come back for season two with with some other. And we got to have the conversation because we've been holding off. Just drop Robert Rodriguez. Okay, okay. I'm, well, let's. I want to get into this. All right. So, you know, in general, you know, there are a lot of issues with this with this show. So we're going to play the blame game right now. Okay. So I think there are. We need to look at three different people or groups of people for the blame. And how much are we going to assign? All right, we're going to look at Robert Rodriguez because he had the worst parts of this. He had easily the worst parts of of this show. Uh, Tamora Morrison because he's the actor of Boba Fett and Favreau and Filoni because they were the writers. How much percentage are you giving uh, Robert Rodriguez the blame for what didn't work in the show? I'd give him 50%. 
that's pretty good. I'd say I'm pretty pretty close. To that. I would probably say I'm giving him probably 40. I'm probably going to give him 40% of the blame for it just because, uh, I mean, he can, he does, he is, he, he, his vision, I think it was the problem. I mean, he, he had a lot of weird stuff going on in his episodes, but it's still not his material though. So that's the reason why I'm not going full 50%. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right on that. I should do 40. All right. What about, uh, Favreau and Filoni? I'm gonna. I, I would give them. I don't blame Tamara Morrison for this. Okay. I don't think he's the problem. I'd give them sixty percent. Okay. I would give them. I would give them forty, and I'm giving Tamara twenty just because it is his character. Because I've seen people, I've seen actors take bad roles, bad written, poorly written roles, and they still find ways to redeem them. And I don't. I just think it's just who Tamara Morrison is. I mean, he's not a star. He's he's a he's a good actor. But he's not a great actor. He's, you know, a name, but he's not like if you go up to, you know, just the average person on the street, you say, hey, what do you think about Tamura Morrison? I don't know that they're going to know who he is. And like I said, I mean, he was given, he'd only do with what he was given. But like I said, there have been times when I've seen people, when I've seen actors and actresses with poorly written roles, poorly directed roles, and they've been able to at least elevate them some. But see, I thought he elevated the first episode especially the first okay he's the, the only yeah. one who speaks yeah the first and the second episode i will say that so maybe you're right maybe maybe it does 60% I, I, does. Think I think you're blaming him too much true because like the problem is stuff like the mods yeah and and, and the and the script yeah they were there was that was the now, issues. now he's he's the main star so if you want to give him 10 percent, i think that's yeah fair. i think he has to get some just because yeah. it is his show and he you know so yeah. but like i said if, like i said it's just it's just a a difficult show to really get a hold on and get a pin on and because like i said there are so many good moments but there's so many bad moments too yeah and see it, i w- i watched this and i thought i'd like to see him i know he's been in some stuff i just really haven't noticed him right uh or maybe he was wearing something else but i was right. just like i i would i would like to see him in more action i would i would stuff. like to see him in more as well i just i hope and pray that if with better writing with better directing that he can do it but robert Rodriguez, we do need to talk about him because Maybe I, there's a part of me that would have liked to have seen some of these episodes, like episode three, the finale. If you put that into, you know, uh, Taika Waititi's hands, what happens with those episodes? Because yeah. I, I could see him doing something far better because he, everything he yeah. touches just turns out great. Especially with droids and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Exactly. I, that chase scene in episode three, yeah. I think, could have been fantastic. Uh, also, uh, his his main one of his main people's Matt Berry, who was wasted again. Exactly. I mean, so, he, he had like one little line or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know why they got him. He's another one. I mean, along with Jennifer Beals. I mean, yeah. you know, why did you bring these people in if this is all you're going to do with them? So, uh, here here is my recommendation: Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes, absolutely. She's she has proven herself as a director, and she seems to know what to do with with the Star Wars material. So I, I would love to see her more. And like I said, uh, her, Taika Waititi, uh, they've had a few other ones. I mean, Dave Filoni is great directing when he has his IP stuff. So mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll bet he'll have a lot to do with the Ahsoka series, obviously. But but yeah, so. All right. Let's go ahead and get into the Peacemaker. Uh, because we've been going for a little while now. We definitely want to cover it. Uh, Peacemaker, what did you think? Of, oh, I had the name of it up of this episode, and I forgot what it uh, was. It was... Uh... Stop dragging my heart. Oh, uh, that's right. Stop dragging my heart. That was another thing. I love the puns of uh, 
of each of each, each title. Yes, usually involving pop culture or music. Right, exactly. So I absolutely, that was a fun part of it. Um, all right, so this one takes on a more serious tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the things that, that immediately grabbed me. What were your overall big picture thoughts on this episode? Yeah, a little bit more serious, but man, they pull it off. They do, and like when they're doing the serious stuff, they're still kind of keeping that lighthearted. You know, we're still having fun while we're doing the serious stuff. Uh, but this show, this episode was by far a little bit more emotional. Uh, well, quite a bit more emotional, as a matter of fact. And it just, like I said, it just, it had a, a much heavier tone to it. But they did, they, James Gunn just knows how to to tread that water. Because he's been, you can't just all of a sudden pivot to an ultra serious show when you've been having just kind of nonstop fun and and goofy stuff going on you can't just make that 100 percent pivot into something just completely emotional it just wouldn't work and james gunn really balanced that out in this episode i thought no i agree with you and this was the episode when i was thinking about the Tyrion. every member of the cast really is outstanding mm-hmm. and this brilliant class let me just say that they re- all all of the the suicide squad team or right. whatever you would call them every one of them this is m- maybe their best episode yeah they they really shine in this one uh obviously robert, robert patrick yeah i want to get into him a little bit later on uh because I, I really want to talk about him but let's talk about one of the biggest things one of the First big things to happen is the death of Mern. Uh, Mern ends up uh, getting killed in this episode. The when they realize that the that uh, Captain Locke has been taken over by a butterfly, and the butterflies retain the memories of the humans that they take over, they know that because he was their inside guy that. He has he knows where they are, so they're going about the process of getting out. But obviously, they don't get out of that hotel quick enough, and they find Mern, and they end up killing him. Uh, how'd that land for you? Man, it was a very emotional and sad scene. I really, really liked Mern. I'm, we're going to miss him. Yeah, that, he, that that's a very good actor. They they really did a good job of him because when you first see Mern, you don't like him. Yeah. When you first see him, you don't like him. I mean, when I was, you know, I've been going through this season, I've been thinking about, you know, our six, our six friends awards. You know, he was kind of going into the Ross of the Monica category for me, but he changed because they developed his character so well. And you know, once you find out that he's got a butterfly in him, and you find out why he's taking on the butterflies the way he is, it just it changes his character, and he grows as a character, and you get a lot more emotion attached to him. And that becomes, you know, a very, very difficult scene to watch uh, because they were just ruthless to him. I mean, they they shoot him, and then as soon as the butterfly flies out of his mouth, she grabs it, squishes it, and you know, just absolutely ruthless to the, one of yeah. their own. So, and uh, I love the right before that happens where he's in the walkie-talkie. He says, you know, I loved having you on my team, or whatever, right. something to, to that effect. Something I, to that effect, where he was talking to uh, Adebayo and Harcourt, right. So, but yeah, that was, that was, yeah. that was, a that was, that was, although, I, although I was thinking like, okay, they're right around the corner. Wouldn't the bad guys hear the, uh, yeah, the <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of those things you kind of uh, dis- uh, suspend your disbelief for, for yeah. just a little bit there. But yeah, uh, I, I kept thinking, it's like, y'all are a little bit close to me <laughs> while this is going on. Shouldn't you be like me trying to figure out a way to get away at this point? But nevertheless, uh, 
but we also at that moment we also get I, this is one thing that I thought was interesting because this is when they bring uh, they bring oh the judo master judo master thank you couldn't think of his name this is when they bring judo master back into it. I kind of thought that he might like flip their team because like as soon as Harcourt says well how are we going to do this without him judo master props in so i, I kind of thought they might bring him in but no they didn't they just kick each other's butts and i thought this was impressive because hardcore is a good fighter but i didn't think she'd be anywhere close to the level of of judo master and she ends up holding her own with judo master that was an awesome fight man she did some parkour moves off the wall and mm-hmm. the the fight in the this was probably the best fight we've seen in this yeah best one one-to-one yeah, fight. It, yeah really was. it was it was fantastic and you know, I wish I loved anything like Judo Master loves Cheetos. <laughs> that whole scene with him outside that gas station or, or whatever it yeah. was, and he said they're eating those Cheetos, and he's got that bandage wrapped around where he was shot, and those guys like start messing with him, and they, you know, they think they're just messing with some goofy looking guy, and they just get their butts handed to him when they come out, yeah. and he ends up stealing their car. That was a, a, a absolutely great scene, just because when you have somebody who's that small, you don't expect anything like that from them. Right. Uh, and, and this. Was is Judo Master a butterfly? I don't think he is. I don't think that's the case. So, uh, so where one, does he go from yeah, here? I know that's one. That's probably where I. He's probably as much as I like his character. There's probably one thing where you can point. If you're looking for negatives of the show, they don't seem to really have much of a plan for Judo Master. They haven't really yeah. told us what what he is, what he's doing, where he's going from here. Because after you would expect, after Golf was killed and he's not part of the protective duty anymore. He either wouldn't show up again or something because I, I, his role, I don't like I said, I yeah. love Judo Master, but I don't understand his role more so than anybody else on the show. Yeah, and James Gunn most likely is going to pay that off at the end, but we'll, we'll see because, like yeah. you said, I, I, I love his character as well, but it's kind of confusing. Like, where's this going? Yeah, because I because you, you're expecting the flip for him to flip on the good guys, too. you do, and maybe that's what happens next up next yeah. week. Maybe he makes his way to the cow or whatever yeah. it is and he ends up helping him out because like i said i just don't i don't get where his character is going and it doesn't it's not made any more clear in this episode at least in my opinion it's not yeah. uh now we also have to talk about obviously the the big emotional stuff and that is christopher and economos and vigilante they are going to what they think is to kill the cow but they are intercepted by the white dragon who is christopher's father Great scene. This is this is among the best stuff of the series, if you ask me. Yeah, I would agree. The only negative I would have, and I, I'm not going to blame this because I don't know what kind of budget. I thought the CGI of him flying was. Alive. Yeah, that was. It wasn't great. Yeah, but I, you know, he. This was probably a present from HBO to get to do this series, so right. you know, we can't we can't be too picky on that. And they probably also saved a lot of the money on the CGI for the cow, which we will talk about <laughs> oh, in a yeah, second. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, this, you know, it's you know, it's great the fact that you know he tracks him down, and when Christopher realizes, when Peacemaker realizes how they're tracking him, and they tie that that helmet to a raccoon, and. You come back when the, when we see Peacemaker and his face is all scratched up because he was tying a helmet to a raccoon. I mean, oh, it's, man. it's that just was absolutely hilarious. wonderful. Uh, but and, the, and I liked also where uh, when Vigilante takes out the bad guys, 
Right. He he repeats, "There's no role time to rock," and then throws the grenade. Right. And but he didn't throw it far enough where he, like it ends up hitting him as well. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah. it kind of goes into the whole thing. Yeah, he's great at killing people, but he's still a bit of a screw up as well. So yeah, uh, because he is. I mean, as soon as a white dragon pops into their into their van or whatever that thing is. I mean, he's the one who he's the one who jumps into action. He gets the gun out and he starts shooting at at White Dragon and then the rest of the yeah. KKK members with the dragon ears on their hoods. I'm not. I I wonder if there's like an actual name for those people, but uh, I guess we'll just call them white supremacists for, for yeah, lack of a yeah. better word. Um, but yeah, I I love this scene. I love the fact that you know they're they're trying their best to find him and th- this raccoon is out there just yeah. dragging this thing around. Uh, but then we get to the really difficult stuff. That's when, when we get to that point where the uh, white supremacists and uh, white dragon, they do eventually find a peacemaker. They start beating him up. And that's when, once again, vigilante jumps into action. Uh, and the, we have a great super villain trope here at this point, because basically white dragon has him dead to rights and he starts monologuing. Yeah. He yeah. starts monologuing about how horrible the sun peacemaker is about all the stupid things he did about how awful he was about all the people that he slept with all this type of stuff and that gives vigilante just enough time to jump into action and to, to, to say peacemaker at that point so i love a good supervillain monologue yeah you're right that is the uh the quintessential like, like you said supervillain trope of the just a long speech and it just expands and then we we have the call back to the gaps in the armor from yeah from vigilante from episode four yeah you had to know they were going to pay that off as soon as yeah. as soon as they mentioned that back in episode four you knew they were going to to pay it off at some point and we get that here in episode seven when uh and he even i mean vigilante even like says it the gap in the armor when he's yeah. like, uh going into going into his suit uh but it's what's great about this is Vigilante saves the day in terms of keeping Peacemaker from getting killed, but Economos takes out the rest of them, yeah. uh, which you don't really see coming. I mean, he ends up grabbing that. I'm not sure what kind of a gun it was, but he grabs that gun and just guns down all the other white supremacists that are there. And let's let's take a second. It's always fun to watch a bunch of white supremacists get shot down. Exactly, it is. It's always fun to watch that on, on, on screen. So, And, you know, you love it because it's also coming from Economos, who is the least skilled fighter of anybody right. in this entire show. So that makes it even better in, in, in my regard. So, uh, but this is the scene I think that just really sold, you know, was the best as the best so far that we've gotten because yeah, peacemaker. Cause when we, we made some predictions last week, uh, mine was, I thought that white dragon would have peacemaker dead to rights, which he did have him dead to rights, but he would come to that point where he's about to kill him and just realizes he can't do it. Uh, yours was that Vigilante might kill him. Yep. Uh, they don't go for either of those. And this is what I loved about this scene. Robert Patrick just sells himself and leans into, I hate this guy. Yeah. I mean, just rips into him in terms of just the verbal abuse that he's giving him uh, and just sends Peacemaker off the edge and just Peacemaker just starts, you know, just kicking his butt, uh, beating him uh, mercilessly. And Robert Patrick uh, playing White Dragon still is just dishing out the verbal abuse to the point where Peacemaker just has to kill him. I mean, if he doesn't kill him, he's always going to be in his head. 
And oh, that yeah. was just such a powerful scene. You're right. It was it was extremely powerful. Robert Patrick, man, just just fantastic, showing off every skill he has, and absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. As just like, and I, I can't imagine people who ha- who had a bad dad, the PTSD they may get from you know watching this. But right. man, he like you said, you just really hate him, and 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 Peacemaker d- does what had to be done. Right, and like I said, I mean, it's just. It would have been, like I said, because what most people would have done would have been something along what one of us had predicted. It would have been, you know, the easy thing to do to yeah, have would have. to have him have Robert Patrick not be able to kill him or have somebody else kill him. But by making, by just leaning into, you know, this is not a sympathetic villain. You know, so many no. villains in in today's movies are 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 sympathetic. You know, we kind of feel sorry for him. Not this guy. And Robert Patrick just did such an amazing job of selling that. And Christopher and uh, John Cena does an excellent job of you know showing how difficult this was. I mean, because he just burst into tears. But once again, we get the thing that this show has done so well. When they're having this super serious moment where John Cena is, um, well, Peacemaker is, you know, just an emotional wreck after having killed his father, we get this, get Freddie Stroma's vigilante, like, you know, trying to pat him on the back. And well, like, he says, this is a really weird time to do your face exercises. <laughs> exactly. Kyle <laughs> oh, is like, Dude, he's crying. <laughs> this is this is the brilliance of James Gunn. It is. I mean, the, he brings out the because he did the same thing in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah, you know, he he brings out that emotion where you're like, oh man, this, this is a scene, and then just something funny to to lift you right back to up lift happens. you right back to it. And like I said, I mean, that's one of the things that was that James Gunn just knows that he can't have this incredibly off the wall show for. You know, for for six episodes, and now all of a sudden I gotta go serious. I can't just make a complete total pivot to that. I still gotta keep some of that some of that lightheartedness about it. And that, he did a great job of that in this scene, especially. And wherever he found Freddie Stroma, I mean, my goodness, <laughs> I don't know how he figured out he could do this, but this man is excelling. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens with Freddie Stroma after this because yeah. he needs he needs something else to to elevate him. I mean, cause he's done so great. He's been just absolutely fantastic in the show. And he's been just a joy to watch as, as vigilante. Yeah. And, and I saw where he was in Bridgerton, which was, you know, uh, was a show on Netflix. Cause he's an attractive guy, man. This could, this could lead. I, I want Freddie Strobe in my next James Bond. I hadn't heard him mention. Hey, there we go. Yeah. Let's, let, let's <laughs> like, put him like, in James You Bond. know, he's a nice looking guy. He, and, and with his, with his charm. Right. You know, there's the, there's nothing this man couldn't do. Exactly. So I, I, hey, I'd be on board for it. Bring him, bring him in. I, I, I will take that a hundred percent. One thing we didn't mention is Eagly. Eagly, you oh, know, yeah. he, he joins in the fight, and Robert Patrick. And I keep saying Robert Patrick. Uh, White Dragon. Augie Smith. Yeah, he ends up, you know, almost killing him. Uh, and, and you know, you have this emotional moment, but we still get yet another you know, lighthearted moment when they take Eagly to the vet, you got Vigilante who's about to kill the the the, <laughs> the people who are working at the vet. And who was it that talked him who talked him out? Was it Economos? Economos uh, mentions it in hardcore. It's like, yeah, there's no need to kill him. And also his insulting of the male nurse for just no reason. <laughs> Right. We have we have a vet, a nurse, and a male nurse. And Adamo said you just could have said two nurses. 
That just seems weird. <laughs> but yeah, what's great is in, when they decide when Vigilante's not going to kill him, he's like, all right, well, uh, they said, well, we'll just duct tape him up and that way uh, we'll be gone before anybody can uh, set them free. He's like, well, don't use duct tape because, or something because yeah. it would mess up their skin. And the comments like, what? So, so duct tape is too inhumane, but brutally murdering them is perfectly fine. So, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that was an absolutely great scene. Uh, but then you have that touching moment, and that's where Adebayo eventually comes back to the team because she was getting ready to leave at the beginning of, this, of the episode. She's she's done with this. She's ready to walk out. Uh, Harcourt is confronted her about leaving the diary in where they could find it. We kind of get a little bit, we finally find out why that that was done. We, we forgot yeah. to talk about that. Basically, Amanda Waller knew that he was, that Peacemaker was prone to conspiracy theories, and so she plants his diary in there. Uh, when all this is said and done, you just pin it on him and you walk away from him. And that's the reason he was chosen for this job to begin with by Amanda Waller. Uh, so you had that scene at the beginning, and Adebayo, is, she's just done. She's ready to be done. But when she sees Peacemaker get hugged by Eagley, they, they call back to that, that, first, that, first, uh, that scene in the first episode. Did you like the fact they actually went back to the episode? Yeah, I actually did. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of, I kind of wanted them to just, you know, want you to remember that, like you yeah. see something in her face. But I can see why that was such an insignificant scene at the time. Yeah. I can see why they did it. Uh, so, and also those two characters, Adebayo and Peacemaker, had that fall. They were friendly from that moment on, right? And then they've had this falling out. So I, I didn't mind it. Yeah, like I said, I, there's a part of me that would have liked them to just like want you to remember it, but like I said, that you don't. I don't know that a lot of people remember that just because it didn't seem that that significant at the time. But that's what gives her the hope to stay with the team and to carry it on out. And that's when we get. The, well, I wanted to mention one more thing for what? that scene: huh? the utter joy in John Cena's face when he's taken the selfie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which I wonder if it's not on his actual cell phone. I, I bet it is. I'd be willing to he bet looks that it is. so happy. Right. He's got an eagle hugging him, yes. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that that was a that was an absolutely wonderful scene. And uh I love the fact that when they're getting ready to leave, uh they they, they nominate Harcourt to be the leader. Uh so she's gonna take over for Mern since uh since Murder's now dead. But when they're getting ready to leave and everybody's saying they're in, you have the vets come out with these big old guns. <laughs> like, no, you can't go. Uh, but that was absolutely wonderful. But then we get to the end, and we finally see the cow. Wow. What did you think of the cow? He's The cow scared me. All those eyes. I know. It was uh, like, like, what is that? Yeah. But once again, we talked about supervillain tropes with with White Dragon, with Augie Smith, with you know the long monologue. How much of a supervillain trope is it that these alien creatures who are coming to invade Earth, they they only have one food source and they bring just one being that can create it. So if you, <laughs> if, if you kill it, then they're all dead. Like you know, maybe why not bring like two or three? You know, spread yeah. them out. Uh, but, yeah, so that's, you know, how they're going to resolve this whole thing. So, that, obviously, that's the reason they do it. But, but yeah, that, that would, I'll be interested in what the actual name of that thing is because they just keep calling it the cow. And it look, they treat it like a cow because you can see yeah. some things that are hooked up right. to it that they're milking it. But, yeah, I was not expecting that. I mean, I wasn't expecting a cow, don't get me wrong. But that thing was just gigantic and just freaky looking i mean i mean it was unsettling how how it looked 
I, I agree with you. I hope we don't see it a lot. I know because I'm like, oh gosh, uh, all the eyes. All the, yeah, the eyes. I know. I was like, well, I couldn't figure out are all those eyes or some of those supposed to be noses? Uh, what, what, what's going on? I didn't like it. And I'll, you know, it's going to be just absolutely gruesome when they oh. kill that thing next week. <laughs> it's it's going to be so gross because <laughs> that's what James Gunn is going to lean into when they do it. I, I, I guess they could like just throw us all off and not actually end up getting killed. But no way, no, the, that thing's exploding. Yeah. So, but yeah, that like I said, that thing was just so unsettling. I just, I, it's, it's like you, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Oh, but yeah, good, good episode. Really, really yeah. solid stuff uh, this week from from James Gunn. This entire series has been has been has been just great, and they just continue it. So I'll be interested to see if they can continue it next week in the season in the season finale, which I'm assuming they're going to do a second season, even though it hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, but uh, but that's always the hard part, though. You know, landing that finale that's always the difficult part. So we'll see how how well they do with it next week. Man, I would be absolutely shocked if they don't land oh yeah I, I would too i would i would be i would be shocked if they if they do uh if they don't excuse me all right so let's go to our weekly awards uh who's your Tyrion lannister who is your mvp of this episode so as i kind of hinted at earlier i really could have given it to this whole main cast right. of the, the 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 squad and robert patrick but mm-hmm. I, I went with john cena again man did you? he showed so much in this episode of he had some really tough scenes he did and i debated between cena and robert patrick i went ahead with, with robert patrick i just because to lean into that just scumbag i mean and let's not mention the first scene he's in where there's yeah, kids. Yeah, where he he's puts, even worse in that scene. Yeah, he's even worse because he puts his own kids in this like I don't know this like cockfighting. Cage fight. Yeah, yeah. cockfighting would be the way. Yeah, and then you know he ends up and Christopher ends up killing his brother and and Patrick ends up and Augie Smith ends up you know blaming Christopher instead of taking the blame for himself for putting his children in that situation and he was encouraging. Christopher to hit him harder. I mean, yeah. so I mean, it's just you know, classic, absolute scumbag of a dad of a, of 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 who he was. So that was like I said, I, I, that's why I went with him. Just because I mean, you really had to sell just how much of a scumbag he was for for that whole thing to work. So that's the reason I ended up going with Robert Patrick no, on this one. And like I said, I couldn't I couldn't argue with any. I thought like we mentioned with hardcore. Uh, we mentioned Economos. This was a great episode for him. Vigilante's always good. Mm-hmm. Out of bio. Any of them. Even Judo Master. Right, a yeah. Couple scenes. He did. But any of them, you know. But to me, man, there's just something about John Cena. Just getting to do this stuff that we haven't seen before from him. Right. It's, it's just, and I'm just like, man, he keeps doing it. He does. Yeah, he absolutely does. All right. The Agatha All Along moment, the best scene of this episode. What was your. I, I did the goodbye to Mern, where uh, Mern. Okay. Uh, the, the butterfly, the butterfly. Touch, yeah. touches hardcore into the hardcore versus Judah Master fight. I thought that fight was outstanding. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. I, I, I went with the scene between uh, Robert Patrick and John Cena. I went with that one. That was my, my favorite scene. I liked, but there's a lot of good ones in this one. Like there are a lot of powerful ones in this one. The one you mentioned was great. Uh, for more funny ones, the one in the vet, the veterinary office was really good. Uh, lots of lots of scenes to choose from, but uh, but I think we picked some good ones as well. All right, you're the if you come at the king, you best not miss your best line of the. Show. This this one involves vigilante and economist. 
uh, why are your pants pulled all the way down? <laughs> I, I can't pee when my clothes are touching my butt. <laughs> that was, I, I, I actually forgotten of that one. Uh, but yeah, that one was, it was a great, one. I was like, what? it's just vigilante being just this weird, yeah. totally weird. I don't get you, but you're still absolutely hilarious at, at the time. Uh, so that was, that was a good one. Mine was the one about the facial exercises. Yeah. That uh, was really funny too. Cause I just absolutely laughed out loud when, when he did that. And also the the multiple times of there's no wrong time to rock. Yes. Came up, like yes. John Cena, a peacemaker said it uh, in the van. Then Vigilante said it. Uh, <laughs> there's that one time. Vigilante yes. says it twice. Right. He says it w- with the uh, with the head grade, and then he says it again in the car where with John when peacemaker says this, this isn't is, the time. This to is rock. the time to not rock. Yeah. That and one. then uh, and then. Uh, Economist says it to hardcore, and she smiles. Right, she does. So that that, that was that was a great line too. All right, uh, so let's. We're not rating it overall yet. We're just rating where we think we are so far. We both had it at Game of Thrones uh, last week. Are you sticking with the Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. It had to be. I would be shocked if it goes down to a loss. Yeah, it, I, I I guess it could. I guess it possibly could go down to a loss, but it would be a surprise if it did. I mean, it's not going, it's not yeah. going any lower than that. I can, I can guarantee you that. So, yeah. all, right. Uh, all right. Uh, before we head off into the sunset, let's do some recommendations for our listeners. You got any recommendations this week? Yeah. Uh, I got Paramount plus cause, uh, in a few weeks we'll be covering Halo. Yes. The series. So you may want to look into that. And so I watched, started watching the mayor of Kingstown starring Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. It's, Is it good? It's good, but I'm going to tell y'all, it's gritty and very dark. Uh, we can only watch about two episodes. Oh, really? and it's like, oh, let's let's watch something fun after that. But so, <laughs> it, it, it involves a lot of prison stuff. Oh, really? So it's, it is very dark. But, man, I love Jeremy Renner. Yeah, I, he's you know, good. He gets a bad rap for some people because they don't like uh, Hawkeye. But right. he's a fantastic actor. I loved his Bourne movie. Yeah, I, I I saw it. It was good, and yeah, and, and I've always liked Hawkeye. I like bow and arrows, yeah. so maybe that's why I like I like Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, but so, this is another another show where he really he really does a good job, and he's just good at playing like a gritty character that that can fight and, right. and that that can take a butt whooping. So I, I mean, I I think it's worth watching, but it, it's dark. So if you're looking for some lighthearted stuff, don't watch Mayor of <laughs> Kings Town. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, I do. Uh, Werewolves Within. It is What's a. That? It was a. It, it came out in March of 2020, so it had okay. the worst release date of all time. It stars uh, Sam Richardson from After Party and Veep. Okay. And uh, Michaela Watkins is she's a comedian. You'll if you see her, but it's about a town in Vermont that and Sam Richardson plays a uh, ranger that gets stationed there and it's a big snowstorm and they get snowed in okay. and there appears to be a werewolf in the town. Oh, cool. But it's a comedy. Oh, it's is it? Comedy. Okay, okay, gotcha. And it, it's listed as a comedy horror. It's playing on Showtime and you, of course, ran it on iTunes or something. Right. But uh, it's it's funny. It's it's you, you will enjoy it. It's not scary at all. There's a, there is a werewolf and uh, you have to find out which of the townspeople it is. But it's okay. it's it's actually pretty funny. It's uh, like I said, it came out <laughs> like the end of March right. 2020. So, awesome. and they were thinking it was going to be a slow burn hit, and it got dumped. Oh, did it? Okay. By well. COVID. And my last recommendation, and this is this is not a movie or TV show, but it is go see some live music. Oh, okay. 
concert venues and musicians really had a tough time in 2020 and 2021 and now they're kind of getting out there and i've got some concerts coming up and man it's a good time to get out and support the venue uh if you're seeing a middle tight to a lower artist buy some merch buy a Mm t-shirt something like that they really need the help so go out go out see some live music it's good for you and, and they they could use the assistance Awesome. Uh, awesome recommendations. I, I've, I've been wanting to check out Mayor of Kingstown. I just haven't had a chance to get around to it yet. I haven't got a chance to do much of anything. So my recommendations, I only got two this week. Uh, with my wife working as much as she has been this week, I haven't had a whole lot of chances to watch stuff. But I have checked out the first two episodes of Reacher on Amazon Prime. I don't get Amazon Prime how they release stuff. Sometimes they do things once a week. Sometimes they do it all at once. Reacher is been released all at once. Uh, they got all eight episodes out there. I've watched the first two. It is really good. I, I'm surprised how much I liked it. I thought it looked good, but I'm surprised at just how much I liked it. The The actor who plays Reacher, I think his name is John Atchison, if I remember correctly. Let me look him up real quick. Uh, I think that's right. Oh, it's something like that. Richson or something. Richson, maybe. Alan Richson. Richson. Okay. R-I-T-C-H-S-O-N. I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce that. Uh, the only other way I've been familiar with Alan Richson, I'm what I'm going to go with, was in the HBO Max show. Before it was an HBO Max show, it was a DC uh, Universal show or something like that. Uh, Titans. He played Hawk, and I hated that character. Oh no! <laughs> I absolutely hated that character. I just couldn't stand him. And so when I saw that he was playing Reacher, I was like, and I heard good things about this. That this was going to be a good show. I was like. It's that guy. This is just a much better role for him. Uh, It's interesting just because I didn't see the Jack Reacher movie that was made back in 2012. Did you see that? I did. I did. And people hate it because Tom Cruise is not tall and and big like this guy. Okay, that's what I was. Character in the book. Okay, that's what I was wondering. I was like, because you couldn't have two more different people play this character. Right, right, right. So I was wondering who was more. Because I haven't read the book. And I was wondering who was more like more in line with what the book would have said. So obviously Alan Richardson is much more in line because he is a big, he's six, five, just got muscles popping out of muscles. I mean, so, I mean, I guess then he would obviously go more into that. Uh, but yeah, it's a really good show. I mean, what I like about it is the fact that he is this, you know, incredibly strong dude who just like beat anybody up, but he doesn't necessarily use his muscles to beat people up. I mean, he's incredibly intelligent. He's a former military police uh, it's like I said, and he's just incredibly smart, incredibly observant, just a really well done show. Uh, like I said, I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I have, at least for the first two episodes, I guess it could get a lot worse. Uh, but the first two episodes I have really enjoyed. And like I said, I was surprised just because I didn't, I wasn't real fond of the guy who's playing him because of my previous experiences with him. So, but, uh, we, we're, as I'll go ahead and tell y'all this right now. We're planning on, when we do the finale of Peacemaker next week, we are going to try to do the first four episodes of of Reacher as well. So if you are listening to this, you might want to try to check out the first four episodes yourself, uh, so that way you can follow along. It is a good show. I think you'll, I think really think you'll enjoy it. Uh, second one, uh, I went back to something I'd watched when I was covering recovering from COVID, something you and I have talked about. I'm going back to that Apple TV Plus well, all for all mankind. Really good stuff. Uh, you've watched it, right? I watched it. Yeah, yeah. Really, really enjoyed it, especially the second season. Yeah, the second season, like the first season is good. 
and it's and it's entertaining. But that second season, it just takes it up another notch. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, we may even, whenever they do season three, my guess is we probably have about six more months till we get a season three of that. If I had to guess, uh, I, I would I would think that it's something we would cover on this particular podcast uh, because it's just good for that type of stuff. I mean, uh, it just is. The way that if you don't if you aren't familiar with it, what they did is it's like a retelling of the history of the space race. They take events, and it's one of the kind of things that I like about it. They include actual people in the story, real people. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, they've had uh, the original astronauts that landed on the moon. Uh, I don't know how many of these people in it are real people, and if any of them are made up, but. Uh, I would imagine at least some of them are, but yeah, it's one of the things I like about it is, I mean, it's very historical, but it's still fictional and tells a great story as well. Well, and I think you need to mention it's what if the Russians beat us to the moon? Yeah. I didn't know if I wanted to spoil that. Yeah. yeah, That's exactly, but that's the very first thing. So, and yeah. yeah, And I think it even shows in the original trailer and then, and then the aftermath of, how that changes history. Yeah, and, and the way they see it, it's it's kind of like a multiverse story, kind of. Like, yeah, you know, it really is. If, you know, if what this one event changed, how does that affect the rest of history? Uh, and what's great about it is, you know, from season season one takes place in 1969. It starts there, and then they jump ahead a few years, uh, like on the fourth or fifth episode, and it finishes, I think, in 1973, if I remember correctly. That sounds right. Uh, but season two jumps ahead about 10 years. Uh, so you're in the 80s in in season two. Uh, and from what I have read, basically they've got like seven seasons planned out for this. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. They got like seven seasons. They're going to jump ahead about 10 years every single time. So the, get to the point where, so when they end up ending is what they said is that will they'll be a little further ahead of us in the future when they end it. Okay. Uh, at least that's the plan. Obviously that they need to keep the viewership up and all that type of stuff for it. Yeah. So it doesn't get canceled. But, uh, Season three looks like it's going to be in the 90s. Uh, season four would be in the 2000s. Season five, the 2010s. Uh, season six, the 2020s. That would take season seven into the 2030s. So, uh, like I said, I'll be interested. See, that. one of the great things about that is they have to change the cast out at some point. Like, some of them have already died. I mean, you'll figure yeah. that out real quick. But they're going to have to kill off other people as well because they'll, they'll just die from yeah, old age. Sure. So, so, But, yeah, it's a really good series. So, if you haven't if you haven't seen it, I was skeptical about it because the only picture I had in my head of it was astronauts holding guns, and that looked kind of silly to me. But that's not what that show is yeah. about at all. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and end it there. Uh, got anything else you want to add? No, that we just appreciate you guys coming back, and we've been still getting some good feedback, so we appreciate all of it. Yes, we do. We absolutely do. And like I said, uh, if you want to check us out on Patreon, we would recommend going over there, and you can uh, support the show at uh, patreon.com, the, the main attraction podcast. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at where? Ryan Nell 76 uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Justin M. Strawn. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the M-A underscore podcast. Uh, we have a Facebook page if you want to go there. I actually have a Reddit set up. I haven't done anything with it. But if you look if you look up the Main Attraction podcast on Reddit, it's it's there too. So uh, just trying to do what we can to get the word out about the show. Like I said, we, we enjoy doing this. We enjoy talking about movies and television shows. And uh, like I said, next week our plan is to finish up Peacemaker and we will also be covering the first four episodes of Reacher as well. So we we hope to give you our thoughts on those. We hope you enjoyed listening to them as well. So, all right, we are going to sign off. Until next week, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.